man, I'm, I, I, love, I love church. You know, you know what? Another thing that even is just as good as that is God loves church. He does. <laughs> so much so that we're two or three. He just says, you know, I'm going to show up there. I, I'm just, I'm just going to show up there. We're two or three. <laughs> he loves church. I love church. Do you love church? Some of you are like, yeah. Okay. Well, my wife loves church, but uh, anyway. Oh, God is good. Say revival. Mm. That's also on God's heart. That's his, that's his plan. That's his purpose. That's his purpose. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what's on his, you know, if you ask God what time, time it is, you know, he'll either say it's harvest time or he'll say it's revival time. Because it's, it's, what he, he, it's what he wants to see in the lives of whether it's just one individual, whether it's a body, but more importantly, the world. Right? We are, we, we are believing. We, we're, we're stepping into personal revival to have a corporate revival for a community awakening. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I'm going to continue talking about revival and talking about we, last week, uh, three weeks in a row, we talked about how revival is all about transformation. And we're going to get into something a little different this morning. And I want you to say this phrase with me. And, and I'm going to say it now, but we'll, you'll, 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 you'll get it in a moment. Just say this with me. The fire, the fire shall not go out. Not. Say it again with me. The fire, the fire shall, not go out. shall not go out. Go to First John. First John. Chapter 2. Now, as you're turning there, I want to read a scripture that I've been saying every week... For, for a while now, and this is something I believe important for us to remember in, uh, as we look, as we are in the world, but not of the world. Amen. I believe it's important for us to see the scripture in Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life in peace. Then down in verse 11, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, you could say revive your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in us. Say, dwells in me. So that same spirit that quickened, that revived Jesus' body, that that same spirit would dwell in you and me. Right, So that's how we are to be living. We're not to be carnally minded, but we're to be spiritually minded. And how am I going to be spiritually minded when I realize that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead quickens my mortal body? Not just my mortal body, but Ephesians 2 goes on and tells us, it said that we are a body fitly framed together, that we will grow up and we be a habitation for God. So to not only does, does God inhabit me, but he inhabits, he inhabits the, the body, the body, his body. He inhabits that body. It's so important for us to understand, you know, that, that I need a, an awakening in my life. I need to be revived. My church needs to be revived. My church needs to have his resurrection power flowing through it. I need to stay on topic here. So First John... I was going to start in chapter 4, but I believe I'll just start in chapter 2. Verse 15 of 1 John chapter 2 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
Okay, amen. We can go home right there. I think that would really kind of fix a lot of people's problems right there. I think that could fix a lot of your problems right there. That could fix a lot of marriage problems, a lot of financial problems. That could, you know, identity problems, your purpose, you know, all those things. I think if we, if we could understand, love not the world, neither the things in the world. (laughs) If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of the life, now get that, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Say, of the world. Okay, now let's go over to 1 John. I just had in my heart, I needed to sow that scripture into us this morning, because I believe you'll, you'll, it will come about later on. Hallelujah. Let's look at uh, 1 John 4, verse 3. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world. I, I mean, it, it's here. It's here. <laughs> it, it's not something we have to think. So maybe so the spirit of antichrist, the, the, you would, so you could say the spirit of Christ is a spirit of order. It, the spirit of antichrist would be chaos. You could say the spirit of division is the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of unity, is godly. The spirit of the world is a spirit of Antichrist. It's of the world. It is a spirit that steals, that kills, and destroys. It's a spirit that tears down. It is a spirit that takes life, not preserves life. So if you are pro-choice or pro-life, you decide whether you're going to align yourself with an anti-Christ spirit or not an anti-Christ spirit. I'm I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm not a politician, okay? Preach the word. Preach the word. Because we have to understand, because you're like, what does this have to do with revival? Everything. Antichrist spirit is already in the world. Are you going to be carnally minded? Are you going to be spiritually minded? And just, just, I'm not going to talk politics the whole morning, okay? Just... Because really, what comes down to is, is the church needs an awakening to the Word of God. Yes. And, and, and it starts with us. In the last days, it says judgment will begin at the house of God. Yes. So we have to really anal- analyze ourselves and say, you know, are we going to be carnally minded or are we going to be spiritually minded? Then it says this. He says, you are of God, little children, 
and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We just talk about this spirit that dwells on the inside of us. So if I have the spirit of God on the inside of me, I don't live according to the spirit of the world. Now let's go to second Corinthians chapter four, second Corinthians chapter four. The antichrist spirit is anti-anointing. It is anti-life and peace. It's anti-goodness. Antichrist spirit is deception wrapped in promises. That was by the spirit of the Lord. An antichrist spirit is deception wrapped in promises. That was not in my notes, all right? Actually, not much has been in my notes yet. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If the good news is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Meaning those that are lost can't see good news. Why? 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 Because you think truth would be truth. You think that truth could be plainly seen. We, we saw this last week. It said that the, that the, uh, the Jews hear the, the message preached, but they can't hear it because there's a veil over their eyes. They can't see it. They can't see truth. Then verse 4 says, in whom the God of this world, the God of this world. So the God of this world would also be in the same aspect of as antichrist spirit, right? That antichrist spirit is already in the world. So what does that antichrist spirit do? It blinds people. The God of this world hath blinded the minds which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So what happens? That Antichrist spirit, the God of this world, blinds their eyes for one purpose. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine into them. The enemy wants to blind men's eyes so they can't see light. They can't see light, then they can't, they can't see the way to life and peace. There was a time in my life where I was blinded by my own, own perceptions. I was blinded to, to my own experiences. I was blinded to so many things. And, and even though I had in my heart, I, I knew that I needed to surrender my life to God. Yet there was a part of me that couldn't because I couldn't see the future beyond my decision to receive him. I couldn't receive, I couldn't see there's actually life and peace beyond my moment right now because all I could see is what I wanted, what I felt like I needed, the things, the alcohol, the, the, the things that I thought gave me life and the things that gave me purpose or the things that gave me value or identity. I couldn't see the other things because all I could see was my current and I couldn't see life and peace. What was going on? I was blinded to the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Then it says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servant for Jesus sake. 
We preach Christ. Christ is the answer. Christ will always be the answer to wherever you're at and whatever's going on in the world. So I pray that our eyes would be open to a greater level of who Christ is in our lives. Verse six, for God who commanded the light, the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. That light shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Now listen, but we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellence and the power of the power of God may be of God and not of us. So now we see this, the fact that yes, in the world, there's an antichrist spirit. We're not of the world. We, we see where, where that his spirit dwells on the inside of us. Paul is saying we preach Christ and he talks about that this same light This same light is this treasure in an earthen vessel. Put your hand on your heart right now and just say, I've received Jesus and I have his light in me, in Jesus name. You see, that's, that's the, the enemy wants the church and wants the world blinded to resurrection life that is meant to be in the believer. This is all about revival. You have revival in you. Say it, I have revival in me. Second Corinthians uh, six, if you go over a, a chapter in verse uh, 16, it says, in, in what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I be their God and they shall be my people. You are the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Matthew chapter three. That was my introduction. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. You do not have the spirit of the world on the inside of you. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. What did I tell you? Matthew chapter three. Thank you, Father. Verse 11. John the, Baptist, John the Baptist is speaking here, and he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What does that mean? John the Baptist is saying that, Hey, I can only baptize you with repentance, but there's one coming that's going to baptize you with Holy ghost and fire. Say fire. And it talks about that his fan is in his hand and he's going to burn up the chaff. What's the chaff? The chaff are the things that don't belong. Meaning he's going to baptize you with fire. And what's going to happen is that fire is going to burn out of you anything that doesn't belong in you. That fire is going to remove the things 
that are temporary so you can walk in the things that are eternal. A fire. Let's go, to, let's go over to a couple chapters to Matthew 5. Say fire. So if we are baptized with, we are forgiven. We made Jesus the Lord of your life, our life. We've been baptized into living water, so to speak, that Jesus talked about in John four. And if we have been baptized with the Holy spirit that Jesus talks about in John chapter seven has, have we, have we then been, have we received this fire? Yes, we have. We received this fire. Go to Matthew 5, uh, look at verse, verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. You are a light of the world. A city is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Let your light so shine. Now you have to understand when we see light in scripture, you cannot separate it from fire because our understanding of light and 2000 years ago, their understanding of light is different. We see light. We see the light that you turn on the switch at your house. But when they see light, they see fire. You see, there was only two things that could represent light to them was number one, the sun, stars, and the moon. Actually, there's those three things. And then fire. That was really the, the only thing. And really, really the moon isn't a light. It's just a reflection of light. So, so you have to understand there's really just two dynamics of light that, that they could understand, and that would be the sun, and that could be fire, and both of them are fire. <laughs> both, of them, both of them are fire, contain fire. So you have to understand when it talks about let your light so shine, you could say, let your fire burn. Let your fire burn. Just as you would let your light shine, you would have to let your fire burn. And if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, then you've been baptized in and with fire. A fire that has the ability to change you and transform you from the inside out. A fire that will cause you to be bold as a lion. A fire that will cause you to stand up like Peter and preach and 3,000 people get saved. A fire that as you, as you sing songs, chains fall off, demons flee. A fire that, that, that causes, causes demons to flee. A fire. As Jeremiah, a fire shut up in your bones. See, see, we have to understand the church is to be on fire. You are to be on fire. See, I'm sowing seeds of revival this morning. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, I, I, I reap what I sow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the enemy, the enemy does not want your fire to burn. Go to Exodus chapter 27. 
The Old Testament was written for our learning, for admonition that we might have hope in the scriptures. The Old Testament has not passed away. It was just fulfilled and it was to be something that we could look back on and that we could see types and shadows for our lives today. Now, remember, you are the temple of the living God and the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Now, let's look at this in, in, uh, in Genesis 27, in Exodus 27. Let's look at verse 20. And this all has to do about God's house, which you're God's house, right? You're the temple living and his spirit lives in you, right? It says, you shall command the Israelites to provide you with pure oil, crushed olives for the light, to cause it to burn continually every night. That you are to provide this oil. What is the Holy Spirit a, a type of oil? You shall, this was a command. This was a command. You shall command the Israelites to provide you with pure oil. It's not a fake oil. It's not a fake anointing. It's not a counterfeit anointing. It's not a counterfeit oil, but it's pure oil. For the light. So this oil was for the light. To cause it to burn. So this oil would cause it to burn continually. Then it says, in the tent of meeting. (laughs) In the tent of meeting. Why did they call it that? Because it's where Moses would meet with God. In the tent of meeting of God with his people outside the veil. So it necessarily wasn't in the Holy of Holies, but it was outside the veil. And there's a reason for that. Outside the veil, which sets apart the testimony. Aaron and his sons shall keep it burning from evening till morning before the Lord And it shall be a statute to be observed on behalf of the Israelites throughout their generations. Meaning that this oil that was provided to the high priest, that they would like this in the tent of meeting outside the veil and the testimony that it would be, it would have to be there and it would burn continually. Say continually. Continually. Let's go to Leviticus chapter six. See there, he talked about that from night until morning, that fire could not, should not go out. This was a command. This was a command by God to the high priest and the people of Israel that this fire should not go out. Leviticus six, verse 12 says, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out and the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar and it shall never go out. 
So now we see in, in Exodus, he talked about that it from night to morning, it should no, never go out. And now we see in Leviticus, it said every morning, it should never go out. That the priest should always be putting wood on the fire. See, we are the temple of the living God. And if we look at this as the Old Testament temple, and we then look at our lives as being a New Testament temple, our fire should never go out. Amen. Our fire should never go out. You know, and the reason why it says it was a testimony, it was a testimony because in Jerusalem, you have to understand they, they had no, there was no electricity. So whether people were coming into Jerusalem or whether people were in different parts of Jerusalem or they were coming in from different parts of the city, they could always tell where they were based on seeing the light coming out of the front of the temple. That the only light at, in the middle of the night that they could see is they could look out and look up on the hill and they could see the fire burning. People coming in from distances and coming from afar, they could see that's Jerusalem. Why? I see the fire burning. Can people see you? Do people see you? Are you a testimony of the fire of God that you've been baptized with? Go to first Samuel chapter three. First Samuel chapter three. There's a lot in the first three chapters here of, of, of first Samuel. But I want your, your, our eyes to see this, the scripture. Verse one says, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. Say there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple. The lamp of God went out in the temple. There's some, there's some translation that actually says the lamp of God had not yet gone out. But yet in the King James, I, I've seen several, several things. And I believe it was the lamp was either just, just about to go out or it had gone out. But either way, something was about to happen that God commanded shouldn't happen. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Samuel had laid down to sleep. Now, without having time to go back, if you look at the, the issue here is Samuel necessarily wasn't to be the high priest. He wasn't the one that should have been keeping the fire going. It should have been Eli or it should have been his sons. And so someone was falling down on the job. Someone was falling down on the command. They got busy they got tired. Eli got frustrated with his sons that they weren't living the way they should live. I mean, we go on and 
And there's a lot of things, you know, actually God comes to Eli and tells him the things that he had done wrong. And, and that my point isn't to go into all those things. The point is he let the fire go out and we are not meant to let the fire go out. We've been baptized with Holy ghost and with fire. Maybe they were distracted. Maybe they were, maybe they were, uh, just, just kind of complacent. Like this fire has been going on for ages. Can we just let it go out? We're not seeing a whole lot happening. And, 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 and we, and by the way, we haven't really had an open vision. So God's not really speaking to us or all these different things happening. And, and what happens is you can let go of the very thing that will be your strength. Thank you, father. Let's go to Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. Thank you, Lord. You know, we, we see this same story as Jesus is preparing us for the last days. We, we see something with, in the story of the 10 virgins, right? You had five foolish and five wise and what they were to keep their lamps burning they were to be prepared. Maybe, maybe, maybe they, they weren't prepared. Maybe they, they forgot to go get oil. Maybe they forgot to go get wood. But even with the 10 virgins, it said five wise, five foolish. And, 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 and the wise were, were, had, had plenty of oil. The ones that were foolish didn't have, any, didn't have enough oil. So they asked the ones that were foolish and they said, we couldn't go get some. By the time they went to go get some, the bridegroom had already come. And so there's so many stories that I can bring out about fire. The, the bottom line for this morning and the point this morning is, is we are not to let our fire go out. In Matthew, Matthew chapter four, you know, we're seeing Jesus coming after being baptized and what the spirit of God came upon him, right? Remember, the spirit of God for us is not only with us, but it's in us. So you could say that, that Jesus was at that point, baptized with the anointing. He was baptized with the power of God. He was baptized with the fire of God. Jesus had a fire on him. He, he had the, the fire from heaven on him when he was baptized. Do, do you see that this morning? But what happened? He went into the wilderness. He went into the wilderness. And let's look at verse, verse 8. says, and again, the devil, the antichrist spirit, the God of this world takes him up into exceedingly high mountain where greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Again, the antichrist spirit, the devil takes him up into exceedingly high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He shows him the kingdoms of the world. See, that's what the antichrist spirit does. He, he will show you things that really you're not meant to see. He'll show you things that are going to, going to destroy your life, not empower your life. He, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, all the things that other ideas have to offer and the glory of them. Hallelujah. Not all glory is good glory. 
And he says unto them, all these things will I give you if you fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee behind me, antichrist spirit. Get behind me, God of this world who blinds men's eyes. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. Him only, only shall you serve. What will cause your fire to go out? Giving your attention and life to other things. Jesus said, and only, him, only, him, only you, only you shall serve. Word serve here is worship. What else are you worshiping? Is it pornography? It's going to take your fire out. Is it success? It's going to put your fire out. Is it, is it being liked by people? It will put your fire out. Is it, is it what's going on in the world? It will put your fire out. Let's go to Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Hallelujah. The very thing. Thank you, Father. Hold on for that thought. Thank you, Jesus. I started with this message with 1 John chapter 2. And it talked about love, love not the world, neither things in the world, right? What you love is what you serve. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Keep your place there in Luke 4. In Matthew chapter 6, he makes a statement here and he talks about, "Lay lay not up for yourselves. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust corrupt. But but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven that moth and rust cannot corrupt. Mm -hmm. Then he says, if your eye be single, your whole body will be filled with light. And remember, you can't separate light from fire. Either we're laying up things that are temporary or we're laying up things that are eternal. What are you focusing on? Are you so worried about things that have a lifespan? Or are you pressing into the things that are eternal? Because Jesus tells us, don't, lay up, don't, don't place all your value on things that, that, that aren't eternal. But place all your value, all, your time, your, 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 your finances, your, your, your riches, your resources, your, who you are. Place all your thing on these things that are eternal. Then he says, if your eye be single your whole body will be filled with light. But then he says, if your eye be evil. So he, he, the opposite of single is evil. And if your eye be evil, it says your whole body will be filled with darkness. 
And if the light that is in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? So if your eye is single, you'll be full of light. I believe how we get to the place where the fire continues to burn in our lives and that fire continues to get bigger and bigger in our lives is when we choose to allow our heart and mind to be be single. And it becomes single when we have that same mentality that Jesus had. Let's look at Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. I'm not going to take the time to read all the temptations, but just remember again that Jesus in verse one, it says in Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. So if he was full of the Holy Ghost, then he was full of fire, full of light. Let your light shine. Let the fire burn. Thank you, Father. And if you look at each one of the temptations, I believe it reveals to us what 1 John 2 tells us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. If we get down here in verse 10, actually verse 9, and he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, cast thyself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest they dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Hallelujah. Actually, I meant to read verse eight. I apologize. And Jesus answered and said to them, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 13. And when the devil had ended all temptations, he departed from him for a season. That antichrist spirit tempted him. Then verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. He returned in the power of the spirit. And what was the spirit? You are the temple of the living God and the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. That fire is meant to burn. It's meant to burn. And the only way it's going to continue to burn and grow and we make it about him only. Him only shall I serve. Him only I surrender my life. Him only I give, I, I give my life to. Hallelujah. This is all about revival, folks. The fire shall not go out. And the only way that fire will go out is when you give yourself and life the things you're not meant to give your life to. So my commission this morning is to let our eye be single. Look, there's nothing more important than him. There's nothing more important than his word. There's nothing more important than his body. There's nothing more important than his presence. There's nothing more important than him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let that fire burn on the inside of you. And let that fire burn bright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I can see, we can see. You know, in my own life, I can see what I'm laying up. Lay up, what is a treasure? A treasure is something you value. Treasure is, treasure is something that's precious. It's, it's precious. Is God precious in your life? Is his house precious? Is his word precious? I can see what I'm laying up in my own life by my passions. Your passions. See, your passions become your pursuits. So you can see your passions by what you're pursuing. I can, I can see my passions by what I do with my finances. I can see my passions by where I spend my time. I can see my passions. And those passions are the very things I treasure. Let's treasure him. Let's treasure his house. Let's treasure our moments together. Let's treasure him. Let our eye be single that we have one treasure. Thank you, Father. Let your fire burn in us, Father. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and worship him. Maybe there's some areas of your life that you need to repent. Maybe you've been pursuing wrong things. Maybe you've made other things Lord. And just in this moment is the time that we have left. Make him Lord. Make him Lord. Lord, I repent where I've made things a big deal that weren't a big deal. Father, that we just want you more than anything else. Lord, that our passion after you would direct our pursuits. And that our passion after you would lead us to places of prayer. And Father, that our passion and our pursuits will cause us to live in your presence. 
that we will be that house, that we will be that temple that is continually burning. That we won't take for granted the fire. We won't take for granted the presence. We wouldn't take for granted the, the things that things that happened in the past. But we'd re, we, we would not only remember, but we'd press into the things that you desire for us right now. I thank you for your fire invading every heart in this place today. Lord, as we turn towards you, as we, as we turn towards your presence, as we turn towards your, your, your goodness, as we turn towards your face, as we look at your face and we worship you, as we, we got run after you today, Father, with a new, fresh pursuit, Lord, I thank you that that fire would burn hot and that fire would burn bright. Oh, I don't know about you, but I want that fire to burn hotter and brighter inside in the inside of my heart. Oh, shembresti ki ando logoso torabai. Ese le do oshon de rende le de 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 boso. Ojende le de de boko shon de 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 gish to see. Go ahead and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Fan that flame. Stir yourself up in the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you don't have your prayer language and you desire your prayer language, I, I want you to come forward right now. Come forward right now. Hallelujah. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't leave here today without being filled with the Holy Ghost. If that's you, come down forward right now. Everyone else be praying in the Holy Ghost. Just out of your heart to say, I love you, Lord. 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 Just keep saying that to him for a moment. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just out of your sincere heart, if, if that's really the sincerity of your heart, just, just say that to him out of your own heart. Not because I'm telling you to say it, but say it out of your own heart right now. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I'm so grateful for you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.